Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Welcome, Ephraimites, and Shalom. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard, and this is the House of Ephraim show on Tuesday, November the 29th, 2022. And today, well, it's Teacher's Tuesday, but first, a word from our announcer. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Welcome back. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard. Sorry for that delay. The Wi-Fi was just a little slow. But uh, I have a few announcements I want to make. First of all, I want to remind everybody that we will be having a quarterly in Fairfield, Illinois in January. That will be January 13th, 14th, and 15th, 2023. And uh, be sure and pre-register. It will be $20 per person. That will pay for your food for the for the entire weekend. And uh, the family... Uh, Children 11 to 6 are 10, 5 and under are free. Check out our website, www.jewishprofit.com for more information. We have on YouTube and Zoom, Friday nights, we have our Sabbath fellowship service, and this is with Prophet Mark Reinbolt. On uh, Wednesday evenings, we have a, a YouTube uh, service with Sister Donna Deckard, myself. We have Blog Talk Radio that is available five days a week with the late Prophet Deckard and myself on this station. And on the other station, we have Prophet Gary Burpee on Tuesday and Prophet Greg Burpee on Thursday. We are all teaching Prophet Deckard's materials. If you are interested in participating, Email us at cradle at jewishprofit.com and we will send you a spreadsheet with all the links, the times, and all the information that you need 
to participate in any of those services. Well, we have been looking at uh, ministering a on the seize the kingdom with authority. Seize the kingdom with authority. Yeshua told us that the kingdom had to be taken by force. The kingdom had to be taken by force. And when he told us that, that was back in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. For, the, for from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent, and the violent take it by force. You know, you want to be part of the kingdom. You want to be part of it. But you are going to have to force your flesh. You are going to have to force your flesh to line up with God's word. If you don't force your flesh to line up with God's word, you will not be part of the kingdom. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Look at verse 23 through 35. Therefore, is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he began to reckon, one was brought to him that owed him 10,000 talents. For as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. So the day of reckoning had come. He owed this money to the king. And the king said, hey, your time's up. Your time is up. And the servant fell down. And he worshipped him and said, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. And he loosed him. And he forgave him his debt. The Bible says that we all are as filthy rags. We all are sinners. And we all are destined for an eternity. Hell. The wages of sin is death, and we are all sinners. That's what scripture tells us. But God was compassionate. God had compassion on his creation. And he made a way. He sent his son down here on earth in flesh and blood to pay a sacrifice for our sins. He came down here. He was tempted 
as we are tempted. The devil came to him and tempted him, and he overcame every temptation. And how did he do it? With the word of God. That's how he did it. And then he died on the cross, giving the ultimate sacrifice, becoming that blood sacrifice, that sacrificial lamb for you and for me and all the world. God had compassion. And Yeshua said, Father, forgive him. As he was dying on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. But they don't know what they're doing. And after three days, he overcame death and hell and the grave. And he rose again and he is alive. And he says, all who will come to me You will have eternity with my Father. And I go to prepare a place for you. Yeshua says, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto this parable that he told. About this king who had compassion over this servant that owed him all this money. And he forgave him. He forgave them all that debt and he loosed him. You and I have been forgiven all of our debt. All of the debt of the sin that we have committed has been forgiven. But let's go on. Then the Lord of that servant was moved, verse 27, with compassion and loosed him, forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants that owed him a hundred pence, not 10,000 talents, but a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him, and he took him by the throne, and he said, pay me what you owe. Fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Look at verse 30. And he would not. But he went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. kingdom of God is about forgiveness. It's about forgiveness. God has forgiven you. And God has forgiven me. But we refuse to forgive each other. Well, you don't know what they did to me, Sister Donna. 
doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they did to you. It doesn't matter. We are to forgive. We are to forgive. God says that if you won't forgive, I can't forgive you. How many, how many Bible-thumping believers are going to stand before God and say, I was saved at such and such age. I did this and I did that. And God's going to look at them and go, but you wouldn't forgive this person over here for what they did to you. I can't forgive you. You are going to have to seize the kingdom with force. You are going to have to demand your flesh be forgiven. Sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes it's hard because we have feelings that get hurt. We want we want to make those who hurt us suffer for what they did to us. That's not what the kingdom of God is about. The kingdom of God is about forgiveness. And you see what you don't understand is that when you forgive, you release, you release that forgiveness. You release that unforgiveness within you. And as you release the forgiveness Towards that person, it's like a weight will be lifted off of you, but it also does something in them because you see it's spirit, spirit. Verse 31 When his fellow servants saw, saw what was done, they were very sorry. And they came and told their Lord all that had been done. And when he, the Lord, after he had called him, he said to him, so he's, the king's called this, this servant back, and he says, oh, thou wicked, do you see, does your Bible say that? Oh, thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because you wanted me to. Because you ask me to. I forgave you the, the 10,000 talents. Because you got on your knees and you begged me to have compassion. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant? Even as I had pity on you. Yeah, but God, he 
he owed me a hundred pence. Yeah, but you owed me 10,000 talents. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors until he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father also do unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Some of you have been mentors. You have things happen in your life to just torment you. Your lack of forgiveness. You've been delivered to the tormentors. The door is wide open for darkness to torment you. And you wonder why things don't work out the way they planned. You wonder why it seems like that, that there's other people that everything that it just works out. But for you, there's, there's always something that messes up, torments you. You have unforgiveness in your heart. You have unforgiveness in your heart. You are going to have to force yourself to forgive. Not something that happens overnight. I've shared with you before how that God dealt with me about forgiveness. I'm telling you, I, I can name in 13 years of going to school I could name only two times that I had gotten angry and I could only name one person that I had trouble forgiving. I felt like I was a forgiving person. But God, you see, God can't use you if you're an unforgiving person. He can't use you. Prophet always said he God cannot use filthy vessels. And I can remember I was I was in my my thirties at the time. And God began to deal with me about how that I had malice in my heart. Now malice is a form of unforgiveness. And I, I didn't think I had malice in my heart. He said, Yes, you do. He says, because when somebody does something against you, unpleasing to you, he says, you begin to plan how you're going to get back with them. He says, you even might even say to them or to yourself, I'll show you. Guilty. 
But God, that's not unforgiveness. That's just paying payback. That's unforgiveness. That's unforgiveness. And God began to deal with me about getting the malice out. Now, it wasn't just one prayer. It wasn't just like, God, okay, I'm going to get rid of it. Here, take it. No, it was something that was ingrained in me. I can remember my grandmother. I can remember my mother saying those very words. I was taught to be malicious. I was taught to make people pay for how they treated me. God said, I want the malice out of your heart. It took time. How many of you understand, Prophet would always tell us, deliverance comes in a lot of packages. And it's not a matter of you just coming up and somebody laying hands on you and casting the devil out of you. Oh, that's the, that's the easy route. But you see, what happens when that happens is you have a season that darkness leaves you alone, but then darkness is going to come back. And darkness is going to tempt you. And if you let that back in, it'll come back with seven other spirits worse than it. Now, at that time in my life, I didn't even know Prophet Deacon. And God was dealing with me about malice. And so I was walking through this deliverance. I didn't know it was deliverance, but I was walking through it. And I would be, I'd be going along, and, and all of a sudden, somebody, usually my husband at that time, but somebody would do something that would upset me, and I would say within myself, I'll fix that. I'll fix that. Maybe, maybe it was like, well, the next time I'm not going to make them their favorite meal. I'll make my favorite meal. I'm not going to help. I'm not going to help them and and help them do do something for them. They don't ever do anything for me. And I would hear myself say that. And the first few times, I didn't think anything about it because that's what I did all the time. That was, that was normal for me. But God began to deal with me, and he's like, that is malice. You are wanting to get back at them, and you haven't forgave them. See, forgiveness is not, I wanted to make them pay. I wanted to get back at them for what they had done to me. Big or little. And God knows your heart. And even though I may not have spoken it out loud, he knew my thought. That's malice. And he began to deal with me. And as the months went by, that malice came up less and less as I began to deny it. And I began to be forgiving. I didn't even know that. At that time, I didn't even know that the Bible says that if you won't forgive, God won't, can't forgive you. Not won't, can't. 
It's a spiritual law. It's a law. God cannot be forgiving to someone who has unforgiveness in their heart. Some of you right now, God is dealing with you. Families are awesome for deliverance. We just got done having Thanksgiving here in the U.S. Time with family and friends. Sometimes sometimes that time together papers us. Give them this opportunity. Did you make did you did you pass or did you fail the test? So the kingdom of heaven. Yeshua said I shall my heavenly father do also unto you if you from your heart forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Kingdom is taken by force. You see, it's easier to be unforgiving than it is to forgive. I've had people come to me at, at times after after I walked through that deliverance. I've had people come to me and they say, How? How can you stand to be be around so-and-so after the way they treated you. I couldn't do that. But you see, I learned. I learned to forgive. I learned not to pay back. I learned to walk in compassion and forgiveness. But I had to force my flesh. It was against everything that was ingrained in me as a child. You see, the hardest thing to change is you. Because you know what? We like to think we're right, even when we're wrong. We like to think we're right. We will prove to you we're right. But it has to line up with God's word. And me wanting to pay back other people for how they treated me didn't line up with God's word. God said, I've forgiven you. You go and forgive them. Have some compassion. If not, we'll be turned over to the tormentors. I'm telling you, being delivered to the tormentors is no fun. No fun. Let's go, um, let's back up into Matthew chapter 10. Yeshua is sending out his, his apostles. He's sending them out to go, to preach. In verse 7, he says, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. You see, 
I, I, I love the way Prophet Deckard always put it. There is the flesh and blood world that we walk in, okay? And, and we feel like it's the real world. But you see, there is a spiritual world out there. Unless God opens our eyes to see it, we can't see it. We can't see the angels that are, are standing there waiting for their assignments for the day. We can't see them, the battle that's going on between light and darkness in the spirit. That is the kingdom. And that kingdom is at hand. It's at hand. It's, it's the now. It's the real world. Not the flesh and blood world. This world, this world that we live in, it, it, it's temporary. But how you will live the rest of your spiritual life is based on what you did in this natural life. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. God wants you to grab the kingdom and seize it by force. You say, even faith, even believing God by faith is about grabbing and understanding the kingdom is at hand. Because when you are believing by faith, you are believing for things that in the natural, in the flesh and blood world that you and I are part of right now, it is not possible. But you see, faith is believing in the impossible because in the spirit, it is possible. In the spirit, once you get it done in the spirit, it's done. We're just waiting on your flesh and blood to catch up with the spirit. The kingdom of God is at hand. The opportunities for you to forgive are at hand. You are going to have to seize it with force. Matthew 12. Matthew 12. This is where they, they began to accuse him. He'd cast out some, some devils. He'd healed some, some, some who were sick and lame. And, and, and the Pharisees, they got jealous. You see, he, was, he had a bigger congregation than they did. They had the fancy synagogues, and all he had was fishing boats and along the seashore. But he had a huge crowd, and the people were following him, and they were excited because he taught them with power and authority, not like the scribes and the Pharisees. And so they, 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 they came up with this idea. They said, hey. He's, he's healing people. It's by the devil. It's the devil doing it. It's the devil casting out the devil. And Yeshua was like, are you serious? Are you serious? Are you, you're, you talk about putting a spin on something. Look at 
Matthew 12, 25, and 28. Yeshua knew their thoughts. Now, they hadn't even spoken it. He just knew their thoughts. I love it. I love it whenever, when God does something like that. And he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall his kingdom stand? Verse 28, but if I cast out devils by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. The kingdom of God is coming to you. You see, every kingdom, every city, every house that is divided against itself will not stand. And Yeshua said, look, if Satan is casting himself out of people, he's divided against himself. He's divided against himself. And he says, in Hebrew, he can't stand. His kingdom will fall. His kingdom will fall. But he said, if I'm doing it by the Spirit of God, guess what? Kingdom of God is coming to you. The kingdom of God has come unto you. Opportunity. There was opportunity for them to swallow their pride, for them to deny their jealousy, to look at him and go, wow. But you see, they were right there. And they couldn't see the kingdom. They could not they could not force themselves into God's kingdom because of their jealousy, their pride, their spirit of religion. And so they pointed fingers at Yeshua. They pointed fingers at the apostles. They said, you're the devil. Things haven't changed any. They pointed fingers at Prophet Deckard and said, you're the devil. I've been accused of being the devil. I was figured like Prophet. I'm in good company. They accused Yeshua the same thing. But it's about seizing the kingdom with authority and with power. It's about forcing your flesh to shut up. Put down the pride. Put down the jealousy. Put down the unforgiveness. 
but we don't want to do it, do we? We don't want to do it. Almost. You persuaded me, God. Almost. But there's going to be a day where there'll be gnashing of teeth. There'll be gnashing of teeth. Because people failed to line up with the kingdom of God. In Mark 3, 24, keep your, keep your finger in Matthew. We're not done there. In Mark 3, 24, it says, And if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Can't stand. Go back to Matthew. Matthew 13. Matthew 13 is about the parable of the sower. It's one of, one of my most favorite parables. I guess, I don't know, being a farm girl, wanting to plant. I, I, I like that parable. Verse 19, it says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, Then cometh the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. You see, when we hear the word of the kingdom, you see, when I heard, get the malice out of your heart. I heard the word of the kingdom. When I heard, That's a form of unforgiveness. You see, I didn't know that. For years, I didn't understand that that malice was a form of unforgiveness. Never crossed my mind. It was just something you did. It was just something that was natural for my family. When you hear the word of the kingdom and you don't understand it, the wicked one will come and catch away that which was sown in your heart. There had been so many times that I'd heard sermons about forgiveness and I would pray and I'd say, God, show me. Show me if I have any unforgiveness in my heart, God, and and I repent for it, and, and I go on my merry way, continually practicing the malice because I didn't understand. I didn't understand. But when God came and began to deal with me about the malice, and began to show it and break it down where I understood oh the wicked one came he tried to convince me hey it's not that bad he gave me every opportunity to turn and and not be delivered from that unforgiveness and that malice But I set my 
go like flint, that I would get the mouth out of my heart as God had spoke to me and said to do. Like I said, it took a while. You have to seize the kingdom. You have to grab onto it, as Prophet would say, with bulldog tenacity and not let it go. It's the reason why material is so important. God, gives, God, God has blessed us with revelation knowledge from the throne room through Prophet Deckard. I can remember the first time I heard him say, the anointing will feed you from the top to the bottom, the, young, the youngest babe to the oldest saint. It will feed you. I didn't have any clue because, I mean, I, I came out of the Methodist church and I couldn't write notes fast enough as I said in service. And I'd, I'd get the, back then it was cassette tapes, I'd get the tapes and I'd listen to them and I'd, uh, I'd fill it between the lines of my notes and sometimes there was so much scribbled in there you could barely read it. And I'll never forget after, after Prophet, we'd started the fellowship meetings and one of the fellowship leaders came and he said, uh, Deckard, he goes, uh, he goes, I think it's time for me to start teaching my own stuff in the fellowship. And Prophet's like, no, no, it's not. He's like, he's like, have you taught them? Have, have you taught them the list that we purpose of? Ta- yes. Taught them purpose of temptation. I sure have. Prophet's like, teach it again. He's like, but we already went over it. He says, we went over every Every series that you've given, so this is early on, we didn't have as many as we do now. Prophet's like, do it again. He said, it's probably going to take you about eight times over the years teaching that for them to get it. Well, now that, that fellowship leader was a little put out. You know what I mean? He was a little put out. Because, I mean, he already saw a purpose of temptation. A few years later, a few years later, he was talking about it. He said, you know what? He says, I thought I had the understanding of purpose of temptation the first time through. But he said, it wasn't until after I had taught it eight times. And he says, I still get something out of it. I still get something out of it. There's still things that God's showing me because you see, as we grow deeper into the kingdom of God and the layers of our blindness comes off, we begin to see things that we didn't see before. God is always dealing with us taking us deeper and deeper into his kingdom. But you have to keep pushing forward. You see, it's it's a war between light and darkness. And there are battles that you will have to fight 
not with each other, but with your flesh. With your flesh, battles that you will have to overcome. When you don't understand something, the wicked one will come and take it away. Take it away. Let's see, we're in Matthew 13, go down to 24. He put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man who sowed good seed into his field. Say, I'm a field. God sows the seed into my heart. Good seed. Kingdom of heaven. Liken to a man who sowed good seed. You see, sometimes we hear the word of God and we don't think of it as good seed. Sometimes we hear we hear it and we, just like the Pharisees, with our spirit of religion, we think, well, I got all that. God, give me something better. Well, you see, if God keeps bringing up the same things over and over and over and over to you, he's dealing with you. He's sowing the good seed into you. He's giving you an opportunity to seize the kingdom in that area in your life. Don't let a spirit of religion, don't let pride, don't let circumstances steal that good seed from you. The seed of God's kingdom, the seed of his word. Matthew thirteen twenty four. I'm sorry, thirty one. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. I can remember when I was a little girl, you could go to the Bible bookstore and you could purchase a necklace that had a grain of mustard seed in it. Now, I knew what a grain of mustard seed looked like because we had mustard seed in our spice drawer. So I, I knew what it looked like. And I knew how what size it was. And so when I would hear this scripture read, it was no surprise to me about the size of the mustard seed. Now, I had never seen it grow. Yeshua is here talking about a mustard plant that grows into a tree. 
verse 32, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it's grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air can lodge in its branches. That little bitty seed can become a home for the birds. Another parable he spake and said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. Now that one I understood too, because you know what? I made, I made yeast bread all the time. And you take, you take yeast bread and you put the yeast in there. You got to make sure the temperature is right, that you don't kill the yeast. And you put that in there and you let it raise for an hour and that yeast multiplies, raises the gluten that's in that flour and it becomes a loaf of bread. He said the kingdom of God is like that little seed, it's like that leaven. The kingdom of God is so minute. Get the malice out of your heart, Donna. It was a still, small voice that I heard. It was like a little seed planted inside of me. It was like, it was like the yeast in the bread. And I had to multiply. Get the malice out of your heart. You see, the kingdom of heaven is God just planting seeds in you. As you've listened to Prophet Deckard's materials, as you listen today, there are seeds being planted into you by the anointing. Some of you, God is dealing with. He's saying you have unforgiveness. He's maybe even brought up into your memory. Someone from your past. Or maybe someone in your, in your present right now that you deal with on a daily basis. Maybe it's somebody at work. God is dealing. He's planting the seed. He's giving you the opportunity to change, to grasp the kingdom of heaven. Yeshua said the kingdom is like that. The kingdom is like us to understand what it was. He wanted us to understand. When the multitude, verse 36, went away into the house. His disciples came to him and said, declaring to us the parables of the tares in the field. Let's go back to verse 24, okay? The par- that's the parable they're asking about. He said, he, put, he said, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that sows good seed in his field. But while he slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat 
and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, there appeared the tares also. So the servant of the householder came and said to him, Sir, does not that not thou sow good seed in the field? And from whence has it tares? Now, you know what they're talking about? I can remember on the farm back when they would save their seeds. They didn't go and buy it from in in the bags. They they'd have it in the granary, and they'd have to clean the weeds out of it, the weed seeds out of it. They 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 had this machine that would shake and the the, the seeds for the weeds were usually smaller than the, the 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 beans and the corn, and it would shake it and it would clean the seed. It would clean the seed, and then we would we would take it and, and we would they scoop it up because I remember holding the gunny sack bags open as Dad would scoop the seed corn and seed soybeans into the into that bag so that he could plant it in the spring. And, and and so the servant is saying, hey, did you not have good seed? And he said, an enemy has done this. And the servant said to him, well, what, what do you want us to do? Go gather them up? He said, no. Because while you're gathering the tares, you will root up the wheat that is with them. Let them both grow until the harvest. At the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather together first the tares, bind them in bundles and burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. So the disciples are looking at him down here in verse verse 38, and they're saying, not 38, excuse me, 36, they're saying, declare to us what that parable meant. Like, what does that mean about the kingdom of God, Yeshua? The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. And therefore the tares are gathered and burned in fire. So shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire and there will be wailing and gnashing of peace. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who he who has ears to hear, let him hear. We are in this world among the wicked, among the tares that's been sowed by the devil. but we are to be a shining light of righteousness. Let's pray.
there's somebody you 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 you've got you've got a headache, uh, your your neck is stiff. God's going to heal that. Put your hand there. In the name of Yeshua, Ishaka. In the name of Yeshua, be healed. Satan, I bind you, and I command you to take your lying symptoms and leave their body. In the mighty name of Yeshua. I want to thank you, Father. I want to thank you for your kingdom. Yeshua's mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in. I want to remind all of you that with God, all things are possible. You can seize the kingdom. You can slap your flesh so that you will shine as the righteousness of God. Shalom.